I don't actually know what I'm doing, so anything I do that's correct is completely by accident. <laughs> that's the philosophy of my life. Right? <laughs> Welcome to the Tuesday Night Podcast. Wait, can you see me? Yes. You can see me? Hi. I can see you. (gasps) Hey, it's crazy. It is early in the morning where you're at. No, I'm messing with you. I cannot see you at all. This is all just audio. Oh, you're such an asshole. (laughs) I I totally believe you. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Good to know, Alan. Good to know. Oh, that's a good question, actually. Before we start, I'm sorry. How are we on like, you know, I occasionally slip out with a cuss word by accident. So is that okay on your show or no? It's absolutely not. I'm already regretting inviting you on. So I have no, it's fine. This is an explicit. We talk about all sorts of things. If it gets really, really bad, which is rare. I just give a warning at the beginning of the episode that on the scale of Candyland to Cards Against Humanity, (laughs) this is closer to Cards Against Humanity. Good to know. That's awesome. You are good. You're totally fine calling me an asshole. So, All right, continue on with your hey, then. All right, sure. Here we go. Before I was interrupted, here we go. Welcome to the Tuesday Night Podcast. This is episode 114. This is the podcast about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and under the gaming table. We're talking board games, tabletop. I'm with someone new to the show, Christina Amorito. Did I say that right? You did. Good job. Oh, cool. Hey, Christina, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Now, for the uninitiated, some people are probably asking... Who who the hell's this Christina person? I'm sure most people are asking who the hell is this Christina person. I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit because you're growing. You're growing. And I don't mean physically, obviously. Thanks, Alan. I expect big things from you. No pressure whatsoever. So <laughs> how about you give us, the listeners, or as we call them, the names, an uh, audio business card? Who are you? Oh, why God. should we give a crap about you and what you do. Why are you on this podcast? Oh, gosh, why? Why indeed? Ah, goodness. Well, I, I have a show on YouTube called Girls Game Shelf, and I made it because it's the show that I wanted to see. So I think it's super great. <laughs> it's basically kind of a combo between like a, a tutorial and wait, like Wait, 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 Christina, Christina. What, what'd I do? Let me interrupt you. What'd I do? Nothing yet. Oh, God. This is the cool part. So one of the things that I like to do is to torture my guests. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. Game on. Bring it. Yes. (laughs) What we like to do is we have an elevator pitch, and you get a minute. It's a long elevator, so it's a full minute to (laughs) describe it. Normally, it's the spirit of a game where you don't go into great detail or whatnot about the game. You just tell the soul of it, kind of like you're giving an elevator pitch to some producer or publisher and you want them to be interested more in what you're pitching them. All right, hang up. Let me roll up my sleeves here. Goodness. Elevator pitch. Take a sip of my tea. But it gets harder, Christina, because we like to give our guests a character that they have to be because it would be too easy. (laughs) 
funny. You're just going to be a bro, a dude. Oh, I got this. You're pitching Girls Game Shelf. Give us the spirit of that in a minute. Are you ready, Christina? Oh, man, am I going to offend the dudes? Sorry, dudes, this is a terrible caricature of you of you lovely fine gentlemen out there, but I'm doing my best. The more... <laughs> doing my best. I said bro for a reason. <laughs> I said bro. I didn't say a fine gentleman. I didn't say a typical man. I just said a bro. A bro. So okay, don't, so, sorry, don't bros, rock in eggshells. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. The more of a train wreck this is, the better anyway. Excellent. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Got it. Elevator going up. All right, dude, so I like saw this girls game shelf show and it was like, oh my God, you gotta check it out. It's all about the story about board games, right? So like you play a board game and there's always like a cool story that happens in it, right? Everyone loves stories. And so this show, right, it teaches you how to play the game like real super quick by this really awesome chick and then then it shows all these girls around the table <laughs> and it's totally cutting to like her opinion and then her opinion and then like what's happening in the show and you're like, whoa, dude, I gotta get this game or like, I hate this game, whatever you feel, man, right? And then and then afterwards they decide whether or not they're gonna put it on their game shelf so if like they're gonna play it again and then they have this really cool theme song and that's about it. <laughs> oh my, that was amazing. Did I do so it? So good. Oh my God, I was so nervous. I was shifting. And the cool thing was you hit a lot of the notes that I thought I would hit because I was going to crush on your show a bit and tell you why I like it. Oh, do tell. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've had anyone crush on your show openly before, but here we go. The number one thing that you already mentioned, the sweet music. It was incredible. Right? I'm very lucky to have that music. I have a very talented friend that I met for my theater days, and he's a, a sound designer for theater and stage, and, and I just begged him because he's also a, a, a board game lover. And I was like, John DeBorey, please make me something cool. And he made me something beyond my wildest dreams. What's his name? His name is John Nabori. Yeah, he's amazing. And this is totally unique music just for your show then. Yeah. Is that correct? It is. He made it That's just crazy. for my show. Yeah. I'm a lucky duck. Yeah. You are a lucky duck. <laughs> and it almost sounds insulting if I say best part of the show, but it's just that the music is that good. I mean, I wouldn't disagree with you. I think it's amazing. When he sent me the music and then we got the intro together, I was like, whoa, this just like upped the notch to my show like quite a bit. Which is a perfect segue into the next big aspect of the show. Just so quality all around. The audio, the visual, the blending of the music, the confessionals, just like the overall quality is amazing. And it's like a professional video production Nice work. How'd you pull that off? Uh, Well, it's, you know, that's funny you should ask. The the first few episodes were actually not me. I I had some lovely friends who, who helped us kind of create the show. We talked a lot about it. There were meetings. It took like a year for us to kind of get what we wanted. And then... Those folks, uh, the gentleman who was the the DP, Zach Laliberte, he... uh, Whoa, 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 slow down with your fancy Los Angeles talk. DP? What is that? Oh, I'm sorry. The director of photography. 
Are you in Los Angeles? Do you I, live in LA? Where- I do indeed. I live in Los Angeles. <laughs> I was totally just fucking with you. Are you, really, you really? actually yeah, live no, in LA? here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he was, he's an actual DP. Uh, <laughs> but he was a, a, a director of photography and a director, like, husband-wife team. And she was also the editor. And and so the first, like, eight episodes are are them. And then they – she got pregnant. And then he almost died. He, like, had – like a heart attack and his heart stopped and it was so intense and like he he's okay he's fine he got back to, That's to being very healthy. selfish of both of them i know right selfish so then she was pregnant he was almost dying and then like they were like fuck it we're moving back home and i was like i get it <laughs> you know so <laughs> they they took off but um kind of taught us a few things we are minus a few bits of equipment still but it's been kind of like a okay how do we do this with just like with a shoestring cast really and it's uh you know so it makes me really happy to hear from you that it still looks good <laughs> yeah we're, we're, it's a absolutely. constant effort to make it look better and better because i look at what they did and i was like oh i need that little dolly thing that zooms that thing makes everything look so cool right because i know that in your first episode and even in your kickstarter video you had that whole swooshing around the table effect very la oh very- my god Uh, Props to the DP. Very kick-ass, right? I loved that shot. All right, so the other thing that I really love is I love the confessionals. That was really smart. So people play the game, and then they have almost that reality television part where it's just one person talking about their thoughts of the game. Yeah. And you said you came up with this because this is what you wanted? No, I mean, you're you're right. I wanted... So the, the problem for me when I was ever watching, you know, a playthrough or a tutorial was that, that I get bored so easily. I have a very short attention span, not to my credit. The thing that I love the most about board games is that every time you sit down to play, there's like a whole different experience with a whole different cast of characters and you like remember the time when, you know, it's, it's, that's what I love about yeah. it. So I wanted a show that really was like, okay, what happened? What's the story that took place with that game? And the best way to tell that story is to kind of get all perspectives telling it together. So that's why where the confessionals came from. They're pretty useful too because it helps. It's There's so many different kinds of people on my show. It's good to know what different kinds of people think of a game. Right. And I'm going to touch on two things you just mentioned. First of all, you're playing my jazz because you're talking about the stories we make around the gaming table. <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's what this podcast is about. Right And on. that's that's the next thing I love is that you take out just the straight playthrough. You just pull out the highlight moments from the game. And that's where the juicy story is. Because it's basically the tour guide of the story that happened. If you go traveling somewhere like Italy or you get to see all the amazing sites. Like, oh, here's the Venetia Canals and here's the Leaning Tower. Or, oh, here's, you know, Rome and the Colosseum. You don't want to see all the boring stuff like, hey, here's this guy, Guido, and he's <laughs> homeless and dying. You just get to see the Aww, best Guido. moments. See, that's, that just brings you down. You're yeah. not there for don't Guido. Want, I don't want to see there. Guido on my show, man. Unless his story is amazing. But that brings into the other point, And the last thing that I will crush on is it's ladies only. Am I wrong in thinking that? So you say you're bringing in different people, but it's girls game shelf. And it I've is. only seen ladies. Yeah. And you know, when we started this show, there were a lot less ladies doing shows. And that's kind of why I started. It was kind of like a no-brainer. It wasn't like this huge, grand decision. I was like, oh, we'll do this because there's not that many girls. And I know a lot of really cool girls. So uh, we'll do that. 
luckily and wonderfully, all these other shows have popped up with girls. You know, I have gentlemen helping me. Obviously, John Nabori is a, is a, is a man and my, my husband helps me with a camera like a great deal because, you know, I need someone to film it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so men behind the scenes, but not in front of the camera. Get them out of there. Get them out of there. I had someone ask recently on a video that I posted, like, do you ever play with men? I was like, yes, actually, <laughs> when, when we're not on the show, I always do play with men, too. It is Girls Game Shelf, yes, to answer your question in a long form. Well, I guess I'll back up the question that you got from one of your viewers. Is it possible in the future for anyone? I'm not saying me if I was visiting L.A. because I don't want to be a creeper, but just maybe if someone ladybugged the show. Do you, you know, know that I, reference, ladybug? I, I don't, but I, I can infer based on... <laughs> it's a movie. This guy is a good soccer player, but... What do you think he does? Oh, is that like with, uh, what's his name? The kid that committed Rodney. suicide who was what? on Sequest? Oh, God, I didn't expect that part to come out. The what, No, the coach, isn't it like Rodney Dangerfield or something? Like, Oh, is he in there? Let me check. If I Rodney, thought it was I'm like a Rodney Dangerfield movie. It's like the ladybugs. He dresses up as a ladybug and then like falls in love with the other like teen like girl playing. Am I am I thinking yeah. of this right? Yeah, dude. I that's one of those movies that you watch yeah, as a is. child. Yeah, it is. It's totally Rodney or Dangerfield. You're right. I, yeah, you I didn't realize it. anyone else would ever know what that movie was. <laughs> to get the girl of his dreams. I need your help. Well, let me think about it, Chester. Matthew will have to dress right. Lead on, no ladybug. Martha. Stay cool. What is this, a drag race? You're my best friend. Oh, you must have a girl problem. She don't know I'm a boy. And never flip his wig. You gotta act like a lady. Rodney Dangerfield. I'm here to pick up my daughter, Martha. Ladybugs. Get in the car quick, these hills are killing me. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday, March 27th at theaters everywhere. That is a staple reference. Like, when I grew up, that was a verb, ladybugging, which is when a dude dresses up as a girl so he can hang with the ladies and do what they're doing. Man, we don't ever have slumber parties. Ladybugging! Oh, gosh. It's so crazy. I kind of thought about, what movie was that? Was it Ants or Bugs? Bugs. Remember the ladybug is like a dude and he's like, hey. Yes. That's the first thing I thought of. So, yes, getting back to your question, I have recently begun thinking like, God, I wonder if I should get some dudes on the show like every now and then. Only if they ladybug. Only if they ladybug? Wow. It, that's my opinion. And I know I'm probably insulting some individuals here. It's just for funsies because I love that it's the girls game shelf. But I don't know. Has anyone accused you of being sexist or anything? No. Well, I mean, when we first came out, there was obviously like the Reddit war, I think. What am I supposed to care because it's all girls? And I was like, no, no more than I'm supposed to care that like that some shows are all men. Like it doesn't bother me. I don't watch it because it's all men. It just happens to be all men. I've gotten questions a lot about women in gaming, and I feel like I'm a pretty poor spokesman for feminist causes, because... Well, you better step it up, because <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> you are now the liaison officially. You having a show called Girls Game Shelf, the world is now looking the world is at now you looking, oh to represent... <laughs> Well, my the whole like premise that I had, I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, like the way that I'm contributing is just by normalizing, not by creating a big conversation about it necessarily, because that's not my strength, but by just putting something out there that makes it more normal, you know? That is awesome. That's, that's beautiful. I love that. That's really cool. Thank you. Thank you. You ready for some more questions? I don't know, Alan, you scare me. <laughs> oh, it's going to get scarier. Okay. I'm... Another sip of the tea. Oh, my God. All right, let's do it. I'll start off 
easy. And then I'm going to really throw you under the bus here. I don't believe you. you I think you're starting The name of the hard. production company is Big Gravity Production. What's yes. that about? How'd you come up with that name? <laughs> is that you? That is me. I started Big Gravity Production because I have a background in film and theater and puppetry. And I wanted a production company if I was going to start a series. When I was a kid... I was really obsessed with God. I always, I've, it's early, so forgive me. Please cut this I'm part gonna out. I'm going to edit it to make you sound like okay. a genius. <laughs> so you don't worry Thank at you. all. Thank you. That's what I do to my people. So I appreciate that, Alan. No problem. They're always nervous, and I'm like, don't worry. I'm going to chop the shit out of this thing and make you sound amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Although, now that you just said something really funny, I'm probably going to have to leave that Damn mistake it. in. Damn it. All right. So, everyone, just so you know, <laughs> Alan is editing this to make me sound like a genius. So, yeah, when I was a kid, I was super obsessed with astronomy. I, I had this phrase, I was like, you know, five or something, and there was a book about moon, the moon, and, and there was a line that caught me off guard where it was like, things are not heavy on the moon. And I was like, what? Things are not heavy on the moon? And I went around telling everybody this fact. Did you know that things are not heavy on the moon? This is amazing. <laughs> and so it kind of became my catchphrase and my parents like really glommed onto it and like wrote it over my door when I was a kid. So it was a big thing. And so when I was thinking about- So this about, was when you were a kid. This wasn't two weeks ago. Well, you know, I still think it's pretty cool. <laughs> Did you know, Alan, that things are not heavy on the moon? Isn't that freaking amazing? It's still amazing. Very cool. The, the idea of gravity and like, you know, opening this production company was a big deal to me. And, you know, just thematically, I wanted it to be about something big bigger than myself and stories are definitely what I feel are bigger. Now you're doing paid previews on Kickstarter. Oh man, I've just done one, but it's exciting. And it's scary too, because I've gotten like six emails now from people that are like, hey, are you interested in doing my game? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing with this yet. Sorry, you had a question that I interrupted. Go on. <laughs> no, you, the more you talk, the better. People hear me all the time if they listen to the show. You have a very so. cool voice. It's like booming. It's a good voice. Good podcast. Oh, really? Voice. Yeah. You came on. I was like, wow. oh my God, it's such a radio voice. It's so good. That's the first time anyone's ever told me that for sure. I usually have heard the opposite. Your voice <laughs> is the worst. Is that when you start asking them bad questions? I'll change my mind later. We'll see how this yeah, opinion absolutely. forms. Yeah, please do. <laughs> I'm sure if you don't hate me or if I haven't disappointed you yet, just give me time. All right. Give me time. So you got into this not by pursuing it on your own. People pursue you then and they just contact you and said, hey, we want you to do a preview. Yeah, I was really lucky that Don Eskridge contacted me because we did our first episode was, it was his game. It was Avalon. And I love that game. So he contacted us for Abandoned Planet and said, hey, would you be interested in reviewing this? I was like, yeah, sure. You know, let's check it out. I looked at it and I thought it would make a good episode. So we did it. It was. I liked that episode a lot. And then he came out with Black Hole Council and then asked if we'd be interested in doing a paid preview. And I was so scared because there was this big hubbub recently, right? About doing paid previews as a reviewer. Does that mean that you like, you know, are trustworthy? Journalistic and, like, integrity. Did oh you just God. sell your journalistic integrity away? Well, that's what I was afraid of. So I, I was really careful when editing it. You know, I say it front. I'm like, this is a paid preview. And <laughs> you did the right. Yeah. Did I? Oh, thank goodness. Because I was, I was sweating it out. But I did want to do it because I want to buy better equipment. I want to pay the people that help me. I want to do all those things. Yeah. 
And plus, let's be honest, it's a win-win because it gives you exposure because now people that go onto that Kickstarter get to see a link to you and say, oh, what's this girl's game shelf thing? Yeah, for sure. But you get it right. The, the main rule is disclaimers, disclaimers. And you said that. It says it right on the name of the video, paid preview. So you did fine. Okay. No worries about that. Integrity intact. Thank goodness. But we don't know. Maybe you're taking deals behind the scenes and who knows? I mean, that's kind of the point. <laughs> Deals behind this. That sounded so like smuggling drugs into girls' game shelf. It's all a cover up. It's all a cover up operation <laughs> right. for something greater. <laughs> you mentioned Abandoned Planet and Avalon and now Black Hole Council. Black Hole Council, yeah. It's exciting to get games that are like prototype, by the way. Like it feels so special because it's like, you know, it's just like the paper version and you see like where it's going and there's some mistakes and it just feels really cool to see a prototype game. Well, I'm going to have to send you every game that our company Tuesday Night Games makes because I like what you do. Oh, yeah. Send them over. I'll check them out. I always tell people though, like I, I don't know, like... You won't know if you get to or not. We know that as publishers. We understand that anytime we send any game to anybody, they have the right to, first of all, not even do anything with it. They could just sit on it and keep it for themselves. Or they could do a whole bunch with it in the name of hate. This is the worst <laughs> game ever. I can't believe they sent it to me. They should die. We understand that. I'm not sure if that's what you're about to say, but that's <laughs> no, I always feel so bad if someone sends me their game because I know that's an expense. You know, it's, it's precious. You know, it's a prototype. It's their work. It's their blood, sweat, and tears. If it doesn't fit my show or if it's one that I don't think would work well or the viewers would like, then I don't do it. And then I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Here's your special game that I didn't do anything with. You know, I just kind of feel a little bad about it. So I always tell people, I'm like, no, no guarantees. I'll check it out, but I don't know. Here's the smallest thing. Just putting in the background of your video is still a little bit of marketing right there because, and I'm not trying to insult you here, I see your game shelf in the background and I'm not sure if that's your complete game collection, but there's a lot of room for growth. There's a lot of <laughs> empty space there. So originally when we, this is like a new space, right? We, we redid part of our house so that I could have a, a place where we just filmed. I was like, great. I want the shelf behind us to be empty so people can see it growing. And it's amazing how bad that looked. It was like, it was so No, that's beautiful. I love looking. how brilliant that is. Yes, but that's we had so to put smart. more games on it so that it didn't look so bad. You know, it's growing. There's the shelf in the middle, I think, is the shelf that are the games we have played. Played, and it's going to start spilling over. But all the other games around it are just our, our games. And yes, it's small. There are people that they just need the new game all the time. And I respect that. But I am so the person that's like, oh, I like this game. I'll play it for a month until I'm tired of it. But that's the premise of your show. And that's a beautiful thing is, is it worthy of a space on your girl's game shelf? That's where it flies. And I'm trying to do that on my own because I have way too many games. I've tried logging my You're games. You're one of them. There was, so, you know, I've been meaning to ask one of you people, you, you, you new game buying kind of folk. So when you see a new game, is it just like, is it just like impulse buy? Like must know what that is? Like what is the, what is the thing with the hotness? Explain. So I'm not one of the hotness people. For me, it mostly comes through Kickstarter because mm. I am a Kickstarter addict and I've really cut down in the past year because they released the top backers on Kickstarter and you get a reward. Basically, you're part of the Kickstarter elite if you're in the top, I think, 100 or something. Oh my God, were you one of them? I was 13. <laughs> that's so funny. Wow, that's, imp that's impressive. Wow. No, it's 
so much money put into these things. And why do I back so many of the Kickstarters is because it's the person more than the game. Mm. I love it when it shows the people behind the Kickstarter. And the chances are that I'm going to interact with these individuals at some point at a convention as well. And I love the moment where I say, oh, hey, yeah, you made this game or that game. And I backed your project. And the sincere look of gratitude, oh, thank you so much. And as a Kickstarter campaigner myself, I love it when people come up and say, hey, I backed your project. It's so awesome because it's part of this community thing and that's the spirit of Kickstarter. So it's not just that I want this game, it's that I want this game, but I also want to contribute to the cause. I want to encourage this person to continue publishing and developing and doing our industry right. Aw, Alan, you're so lovely. That's so lovely. That's like a mitzvah. Do you know what a mitzvah is? I'm, I married a Jewish gentleman, so uh, a mitzvah, <laughs> mitzvah is like a, and I'm paraphrasing, sorry, Jewish people everywhere, but it's like your good deed of the day, where every day you do something that's good just because you want to do it. So you you do mitzvahs by backing Kickstarters. That's lovely. Yeah, your mitzvah for today is coming on to this show. Oh, no, that's exciting. I was, I'm, whenever anyone asks me to like do anything, I'm like, really? Thanks. That makes me feel cool. All right. I'm not sure. Does that answer your question well enough? Yeah. I mean, I guess so. I just, you know, I think I'm just such a different type of person where if I like a game, I just want to play it until it's dead to me. I want to play that yes. game until my eyes bleed. <laughs> and I understand. And then it's a dead every- horse. And then I'm like, just put it on the shelf for when I want to visit it again someday, you know, and then I move on. So if it weren't for this show, actually, that shelf would probably be a lot smaller even. I'm that way with movies. I only own 20 movies. Of course, nowadays with streaming, it's less and less valuable to even own a movie. But that's the way it is for music for me. I only have very specific albums and very specific movies. And they'll actually get replaced. So if there's a movie, I'm like, nope, that's my top 20. I have my top 20 movies. Oh, wow. And my... Yeah, my business partner and I had this conversation about a fire episode. Like, what if you had a fire in your gaming room and you could only rescue 10 games? Oh, Which God, games would they be? Oh, that's a horrible question. Ah, that question hurts to think about. We like to go dark here. <laughs> God, what games would they be? Wait, what games would it be for you? You've answered this question on your show, so this is just for me. Oh, no. Oh. I, here's the sad thing is I'm still trying to figure it out, but when I... <laughs> tried thinking of it, I could think of seven right away, and I couldn't think of more than seven because I was too torn. I'm turning it on you. There's a fire right now. You have to answer this question now. There's no time to think. What are the ten games? Go! Whose show is this, Christina? (laughs) What are you trying to do? That's an interesting question, though. (laughs) Do I have to do this now? Is it it my ten games? Is that happening? No, 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 no. No, no, no. You wish. You wish. I was ready. I was like, oh, man, here's another question. But I feel another one coming on. What's, what are you going to throw at me next? Well, I admire the music on your show. And I also admire that you call your gaming collection to only the greats. And that's what I'm aspiring to do. So this is going to be the lightning round using your own theme music. Because what kind of host would I be <laughs> if I didn't have the music? Now, I've timed your music, and it's about 25 seconds. It's a little bit more than that, but it's also a little bit less because you're not going to start until after the introductory tones. And I'm going to ask you questions, and we're going to see how quickly you can answer these questions. Now, don't go into detail because we'll come back and answer in detail afterwards, but it's going to be one game versus another game, and you've got to choose one over the other. Oh, that's evil. Now, all these games... I've seen on your shelf. Enough detail. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? I think so. It's it's 29 seconds, by the way. You're cutting that last tone off a little early. 
Alan. You're in my world. Oh, man, it's so weird. Let's do it. The power. Here we go. Abandoned planet or Avalon? Oh, ah, God, Avalon. Sushi Go or Seven Wonders? Seven Wonders. Catan or Carcassonne? Carcassonne. Forbidden Island or Pandemic? Uh, Pandemic. Thunderstone or Dominion? Dominion! Viticulture or Between Two Cities? Ah, uh, no! Ah! Uh, Time! Ah, yeah. I haven't played Viticulture yet. That's the one I was looking at my shelf. I'm like, I hope he doesn't ask me about Viticulture. <laughs> but, so I'd have to say Between Two so Cities because I busted. love it. But, you know, Viticulture I've heard is, is awesome. And I, I'm excited to play that one. Let's go back through these. That was fun. Thank you for playing. Oh, it was, that was stressful. Fun. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. So I first asked you Abandoned Planet versus Avalon. And what was your answer? I said Avalon because I love Abandoned Planet. That's a super fun game. And it gets really like heated. And I like the back and forth, the conversation that it creates. But Avalon is kind of like sentimental to me because it was my first episode. And I feel like Avalon ah. reaches also people who are both gamers and non-gamers. That's a game that I could introduce people to board games with and like win them over. I love role deduction games. You know, they're fun. Have you played Two Rooms in a Boom? I have not. I have not played your game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, real nice. No, okay. <laughs> now, here's my question to you, and this is going to be the question for each of these. Why do you think I paired Abandoned Planet and Avalon together? I'm guessing because they're both from the same designer. Yeah, Don Eskridge. Yeah. Very good. Okay, Sushi Go or Seven Wonders? And what did you say? Uh, I said Seven Wonders, but I was thinking, to be fair, I said Seven Wonders thinking about Seven Wonders Duel. That's fair. We'll make it Sushi Go versus Seven Wonders Duel. Yeah. That's fine. It's been a while since I played Seven Wonders proper, but I love that game too. Okay, so Sushi Go I love, obviously. I mean, it's on the shelf because, it's again, it's like a super fun party game. I could get anyone to play it, and it's just that light game that you play at the end of the night, and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, that was good. That was a good way to end the night. But Seven Wonders satisfies so much. <laughs> you know, it's it's just every time you play it, it's just, it's it, I, I love puzzles. It's puzzly. It's It's got that what's under the card, the anticipation. It's It's got the ability to, to like create stories within it because me and my friend Melissa, who's on the show, you know, everything kind of becomes a story when she plays because she brings a role-playing element to everything. I love Seven Wonders Duel. I could play it like, I just never get sick of it. You know, I guess that's why. To, long answer short, I never get sick of Seven Wonders Duel. Why do you think I paired Sushi Go and Seven Wonders together? Gosh, now it's not the same designer and I don't, it's not the same um, publisher either, is it? No, it is not. Because it's Game Right and then Repost, right? So why, why, Alan, did you do that to me? I'm so sorry that you got this question wrong. The answer is because they're both card drafting games. Oh, pick a card, pass, pick a card, pass. Yeah. Oh, the mechanic. I didn't now consider mechanics. Now you see mechanics. how the game's played. All right, all right. Next question, Catan versus Carcassonne, and you said Carcassonne. All right, so the difference here for me is that Catan, like, has seen some heavy arguments at my table. <laughs> and I, I love that. I thrive like, on aggression. It's Christina, fine. shut your face. <laughs> shut your face. Here's the thing. You've had arguments about Catan, but yet Avalon is one of your favorite games because for me, Avalon, which is the King Arthur-themed resistance, has never caused more arguments than any other game. Really? I'm not the spy. Uh, but for Catan, it's caused more arguments because well, please make this deal with me. Why won't you make this deal with me? Is is that why? You know, I can't even remember. It was eons ago. I forget what the argument was about. 
It got really heated with Catan. I think because Avalon has kind of like, it still feels like kind of a party game. It's still a little bit light. No, I'm not the person. No, you know, like those arguments, they're fun. But Catan, it's like. And there's teams. And there's teams. I can back you up on yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, there's teams. You don't know who's on your team, but Dude, there is this part where, hey, but Catan, we're in this you're together, right? Like, I trust you, but Catan. You're fucking invested in Catan. Ooh. That's like, that's your baby. You're like, don't mess up my plan. It's like, you just get, you know what? It, the arguments, the only argument for me that has been greater with Catan is with, um, Innovations, which is an excellent game. But when I first played that game, it's the only game I've actually like actually flipped a table with. And it wasn't like you flipped the table. Okay, it wasn't actually a table though. It was a comforter. We were playing on top of a bed, <laughs> and I was like, ah! "Oh my goodness!" I was so Christina. much rage. Oh my god. <laughs> So you're going to have to come back and tell that story because one of our favorite stories to tell on this podcast are flip the table moments. Oh. And we don't have very many because people are too embarrassed to share them. Oh, but flip I the will table share moments the crap the out of my flip stories. the table moments because I'm, I'm embarrassed by them. But, you know, we all have them. We all have the beast inside us. And if you don't, you're the person that just kind of has that amazing poker face that I don't have. Yeah. Cutthroat games or take that games are probably my least favorite because I'm all about getting together and having a memorable story. That is a positive experience. I would like to leave the night feeling closer to my friends <sighs> than not. Man, we are different in that sense because now I think since starting the show, I have become quite the aggressor on the show where I love cutthroat games. I, I love those. I love it when people do it to me. I love the heat that I get in my chest. You know, I love it when I when I can mess somebody yeah. else up. It's just like it does it, it creates a good story. But that's really entertaining for the viewer, and that's probably why because we don't have an audience when I'm sitting at my game table playing. I don't have this person that's sitting back going, "Yes, this is wonderful drama, tension, anger." <laughs> oh <laughs> so man, tasty. that is so me. But if it's just our, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so that evil person, like twiddling my fingers, going, "Let's make this exciting." Well, you're not alone. I have a good friend, Michelle, and some people have argued that she loves to see people lose more than she loves to win. (laughs) (laughs) I think I like Michelle. She sounds awesome. Why did I put Catan and Carcassonne together? Oh, uh, because they're tile-laying games, right? Yeah. Well, they're like the gateway games. So these are the classics. A lot of people say they started their gaming love with either Catan or Carcassonne or Ticket to Ride. Those are the big three. But what I love about Carcassonne is actually like it's when I had my first kid, like my husband and I would just glass of wine and Carcassonne because it's super quiet and super fun. Forbidden Island versus Pandemic. And your answer was? Pandemic all the way. Forbidden Island is good and all, but I just kind of feel like I started off with Pandemic and then played Forbidden Island. And so Forbidden Island was, it it was just a little less complicated and I didn't want that. Way less complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to be kind, but you know, (laughs) it was, was, it's a great game. I think if I had, if it had been one of my first co-op games, you know, to kind of like give me a feel for how it was. But when you, you start off Pandemic, there ain't, there isn't any going back in my mind. Plus pandemic, hello, it's like, uh, it's up there, it's 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 iconic, it's beautiful, it's it deserves a place on the shelf for sure. And you already nailed why I put those together, but let me hear you say it. Why pandemic versus forbidden island? Oh, everyone's first co-op game, right? Yep, co-op game. And also from the same creator, Matt Leacock pretty much is the cooperative game master. He makes a lot of the games he makes is cooperative. Really? So he made Forbidden Island, Forbidden Desert. Anyway. I was not aware of that. Last one. Thunderstone versus Dominion. And your answer was? My answer was Dominion because Dominion was my gateway game. Loyalty. 
Gotta go with that. And Thunderstone, like, I remember getting really irritated by it the first time I played it. I don't remember why. I think I couldn't get my monsters out of the dungeon or something. Thunderstone is heavier. It's a little clunkier. There's a lot more going on with Thunderstone. It has multiple resources and mm-hmm. all sorts of things. And it had the conveyor belt of going into the dungeon and the light. Yeah. Plus, I love the way the Dominion rethemed itself several times. Like, I liked the, was it the magic version of it or the witchcraft one? There's the sailor one. The potions, the alchemy. Yeah, see, I'm terrible it. with the names of them, but the I, I liked all those different, like every time I would get, and I'm like, okay, I think I'm done Dominion. Oh, wait, I can curse somebody. I, I really like Dominion. <laughs> it's very variable. I haven't played it in years, though, so I'm kind of nervous to replay it because since it was like the first game that I played, I'm like, oh, is it kind of, it's like watching like a, a movie from when you were a kid. Yes. Will Flight of the Navigator still hold water? You know, I don't know. I don't want to know. Flight of the Navigator, great example. My example, Labyrinth. The imagination of Jim Henson, the wizardry of George Lucas, the excitement of David Bowie. Everything I've done, I've done for you. I move the stars for no one. You've run so long, you've run so far. Three extraordinary talents take you to a world of fantasy and adventure. The world of Labyrinth. Oh, Labyrinth holds water for sure. I still love Labyrinth. I'm a puppeteer, though. I still love Labyrinth, but for way different reasons. Because (laughs) nowadays I love Labyrinth because of the nostalgia and the puppet work. And because of Jareth. Oh, my goodness. David Bowie. Amazing. Like, it's a classic movie. You can't touch it. But as a kid, I loved it because of its plot. And because of its acting. And because (laughs) of the drama and the tension. And now as an adult, I think... Oh, this is a piece of shit, but it's an, it wrapped in an awesome bow because of everything else I just mentioned. I still will watch it. I'll still enjoy it, but not as much as when I was a kid. When I was a kid, oh my goodness. I would amazing. not call it a piece of shit wrapped in a bow, though. I mean, that's pretty big critique. That's I, pretty harsh. That's pretty harsh. You're right. But, I mean, all the other elements that make it amazing, like, oh, the puppetry, the the scene, the scenic design, the, the music, oh my God, uh, the ball room scene come on there's like a whole there's like you do voodoo jump (laughs) babe jump I love it so much. It's so oh good. Oh my goodness. It's so good. They have a ball down here in LA. I cried when David Bowie died. I, I was close to David Bowie enough. Oh, you mean you're a human is what you're saying. I think everybody cried. Everybody cried that whole year long for all those people. Yeah. It was a hard year. You want to know why I love David Bowie? I now, do. I've been criticized for saying this is I think he has a quivering voice but he does beautiful things with it. Hmm. Meaning like his voice isn't the classic singer's voice, but he's able to do so many things like, David Bowie, he sings like this. Where it's not like a smooth Coltrane, like Johnny Cash or something like that. Wow, you sound just like David Bowie. That's amazing. Oh, really? No, no, you don't. You don't at all. (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's why I love David Bowie because he gave me inspiration because I used to be really insecure about my voice. So you complimenting it was one of the first and only times it's ever happened. Oh, but that's well, a- you have a great voice. Well, thank you, Christina. You're You've welcome. got a great show. Thank you. 
Yeah, David Bowie for the win. I, I think Labyrinth was the first time I fell in love with him. And then, you know, there's there's no reason to stop loving him after that, right? He's just brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Why did I ask Thunderstone and Dominion? Why group Thunderstone and Dominion together? Oh, are they, are they, uh, tile, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, collecting games. What do you call it? Uh, what's the mechanism called? Deck building? Deck building. Are they deck building games? Is that yes, why? Yes, they are. You got it. All right. They have the same mechanic. Yeah, deck builders. You got it. Good. One question I didn't get to ask you because you weren't fast enough, Christina. Damn it. King Domino versus Code Names. Oh, King Domino. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I got some I got some major flack for not totally loving code names because it had just won all these beautiful awards and someone was like, "Dude, lighten up, have a drink." And I was like, ah, "Maybe I could just not like code names. It's cool." Hey, yeah, to each their own. Yeah. It's, see, it's not that it's a bad game. It's like Codenames to me is like this really great game that I think I played some version of when I was in elementary school to learn vocabulary words. You know, like it's fun, but it's not like this. I think the hype killed it for me. Everyone was like, you must play Codenames. It's brilliant. It's the game to end all games, whatever. And I, I thought it was good. That was the Titanic for me, the movie. Everyone hyped up Titanic and they said, you haven't seen Titanic? You have to see Titanic. And my response was, I don't have to see anything, man. Oh, what were you, like 14 or something? (laughs) Don't tell me what to do. I'm... I'm older than that. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool, it's cool. Yeah, I was 18. It took me a good two years before I actually saw Titanic, and it's a good movie, but I don't think it was the best movie ever. Well, there's a lot of jokes about Titanic, actually. There's like, for, I guess there were so many scenes cut from Titanic that uh, the joke in Hollywood was that everyone was in Titanic. You just didn't see them. Oh, really? It was like a six-hour movie or something before they cut it down. A lot of people feel that way about Titanic anyways. Okay, why did I group King Domino and Codenames? You already mentioned it. Oh, yeah, they're tiling the games. Yeah, right? Wait, wait. No, 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 they're not. What am I thinking? I was thinking about King Domino and um, Carcassonne. You asked Codenames and King Domino. Why did you group those together? Those are... Both Spiel de Yaris winners. Oh, oh, did, did King Domino win that? That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, German for Game of the Year. Yes, indeed it is. (laughs) That was amazing. But before we started the show, you teased a podcast that you're thinking of doing. Oh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a podcast night. I don't know much about what I'm doing, but I'm excited about it. You know, the whole idea behind the show when I started it was that the audience were people that loved the games that we were playing. And also people that were kind of newer to games and wanted um, an intro to like, you know, what the game was about. The podcast is going to be in that vein where it's kind of directed towards people that are newer to games and people that just like our show, I guess. It's going to be the gateway podcast into gaming. I think there's already a podcast called Greatway Gaming. And I don't know if that's about it is. Yeah. 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 My friends are in that. Yeah. It's good stuff. They're my Twitter friends, but they're not my real friends. But I think they're cool. That reminds me, by the way, are you going to go to any conventions? Have you been to the conventions? Ah. Because this is where we normally schmooze and you get to meet all the people behind the podcast and the game. I know. Things. I want to go to one. I, I asked the question recently on Twitter, like, which which one should I go to? And I think Gen Con kind of leading the pack for me right now. But I'm not Gen sure. Gen Con is huge. It's a madhouse with so many people. Yeah. So what do you think? If I were to choose one convention this year as someone who hasn't actually like really been to conventions, what would, what would you recommend? 
It's almost like movie recommendations, Miss L.A. (laughs) Miss L.A. It depends on the person's taste. Because if you're going to meet people and play games, you probably want to go to really small and concise, and that would be Board Game Geek Convention, because that one's super personable. All it is is people playing games all the time. A lot of the big publishers and designers are there, and you can schmooze with them. You can talk. So that's the schmooze fest, Board Game Geek. But it's small, though. Gen Con is where you go if you want to see the Disney World. I'm sorry, you're in California. The Disneyland (laughs) of the gaming convention circuit because it's huge and there's so much money there. It's amazing. There's so much to do that it's impossible to do at all. It depends on what you're going for. Gosh, I don't know. See, also the thing is that, you know, there have been people who backed our show that I want to meet. And, like, it feels like so many people go to Gen Con more than the board game geek one. So part of me is, like, I'll just go to the one where the most people go so that I can meet the folks that... Then Gen Con is it. And if you exhibit there, it's hard to get in to exhibit because it's so crowded and it's constantly I mean, don't growing. you have to pay to exhibit though? I ain't, I ain't got that. <laughs> I think I'll just go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you could go in as media and you can get a media badge. Media gets their own room that has drinks and couches. And- well, that sounds fantastic. Oh my God. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. I'll see you at the media lounge. We'll share a, like a couch. Talk about, you know. I'm not media. I'm a publisher first and foremost. Oh, so they won't you? let me back there. Uh, yeah. Although maybe I should start pimping myself as media so I could get back there for some of that orange juice. <laughs> I'll bring you some orange juice, okay? Since you let me in on the media secret. You got it. That sounds great. (laughs) But if people want to know how to follow your show or when you're going to release the podcast, how should we go about following you? What's the best way to keep up to date with everything Christina Amarito and Girls Game Shelf? (laughs) I'm working on the website, so don't go there because it's it's an embarrassing mess. It looks like the awkward age of the 90s on the internet. You know, if you follow Girls Game Shelf on Twitter, I announce things there all the time. We've got a Facebook group and we have a YouTube channel. So those are the three main ways. I'm also on Board Game Geek. We have a guild and a geek list. There's many ways that you can, but I think that the surefire way is always Twitter. And we're also, we're going to open up, I think, a Patreon pretty pretty soon. Pretty soon. Ooh, you doing that instead of Kickstarter? I I think I'm going to do that. See, Kickstarter's opening up this drip thing, but they're just not doing it fast enough. Man, you've done your homework. Actually, Christina, by the time this episode is released on our Tuesday night podcast, you will be live on Patreon. So if you're listening to this, go check out Girls Game Shelf on Patreon right now. (laughs) Well, Christina... Great name on Girls Game Shelf because it's really easy to find both the website, girlsgameshelf.com, and on Facebook and the tweets, unlike Tuesday Night Games and the Tuesday Night (laughs) Podcast, because if you want to follow us on Twitter, you go to PlayTKG, or if you want to send us an email, which you please, 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 please do, we want to hear your comments, your questions, you send it to... um, (laughs) What's your email, Ellen? Podcast at... TuesdayNightGames.com. I'm Alan Gerding, A-L-A-N-G-E-R Ding. You can find me on the Facebook and the tweets. If you want to find Christina, they should just go to the Girls Game Shelf, right? Just Google Girls Game Shelf and we, we will pop up all over your Google search. And I think with that being said, this episode is... Finished, man. Okay. <laughs>
great. Is that okay? Yeah, do, you want a, do you want a second take? Do you want another finish, man? I could do it again. Ready? Sure, <laughs> sure. Ms. L.A., let's do, uh, instead of man, say bro. I'm getting my like Ready. head nod, my male, male head nod down. You, you guys have this male head nod. Do you know that? Right. All gentlemen have it. You should be flailing it. your hands out in front of you. I'm doing that, Alan. How did you know? <laughs> because that's how you get that's bro. That's how you grow it Bros up, throw man. their hands out. All right, man. Bro, this episode is totally finished, bro. <laughs> okay, good. I think I said bro twice. <laughs> One more time, except just say the word finish, but in your deepest voice, like a man's voice. Action. Uh, dude, I have a mini mouse voice. You know that. This is why this is an awesome idea. <laughs> All right, cut. All right. Reset the reel. Sorry, All right. sorry. All right, ready? Get the lights, camera, action. Finished, yo. <laughs> I can't help it. I have to do something at the end. Is that okay? Let me do it again. I'll do finished. Just finished. I got it. I got it. I have like 10 oh, you takes want whenever take? I do anything. Yeah, we're doing it again. We're doing it again, Oh, the talent's getting demanding we're over here. I'm not again. sure I can work under these conditions. You put those lights back up. <laughs> keep it rolling. Keep right, it rolling. Keep it rolling. Keep Action. it rolling. Finished. <laughs> no, just don't use that one. Oh, oh, that was the biggest. That was the best one. We got it. 